0: And I think I'm really going to enjoy this conversation because I love talking to Annie, to subject matter experts, on things that are certainly relevant and timely given the, the events of the world and the country we live in. And this is a great example of that. Mitch Ross, security consultant, joins us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Good morning, Mitch.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Mitch. It's good to talk to you again. You know, I can tell everybody who's listening, Steve, that Mitch was part of the executive protection unit at the Milwaukee Police Department. These are units that they don't really talk a lot about. Uh, Whenever we would have high profile people, politicians, people coming here from from anywhere the president visits, um, Mitch and his team were responsible for working together with the Secret Service on that security. But what I found out about Mitch when he was at the Milwaukee Police Department is that he also is is concerned and and really was talking about protecting houses of worship for years before it became the popular thing to talk about. So, Mitch, I guess I would, you know, I would I would start by asking you, you know, do do you think that that are does our law enforcement and I don't mean city in Milwaukee, I just mean in general, you know, what could they be telling people about how they are protecting our houses of worship?
2: Well, I think first, uh, first I want to compliment Jason Smith because he's the one that actually brought this to the table at the fusion center and brought me in at the time. And we're talking years ago to at least reach out to the interfaith communities as well as uh, you know, the houses of worship, uh, the synagogues and to go out and to create, a conversation as well as to uh, share information and that's where this all started and i think uh, as it snowballed as it got bigger and bigger um, then i think the communities of these houses of worship and really the public private sector it it doesn't uh, i know because of what happened four days ago we're talking about the synagogues and things like that but overall it's the communities in general uh, that really need this information. And if they would just reach out to local law enforcement. Now, not every law enforcement community will have an expert or will have somebody that, to go out and actually speak or do the site assessments, but they all have ways to have a contact, to reach out, to get somebody to perform those services.
0: Mitch, as somebody who was a former elected and who dealt with a tragedy in a place of worship, I can't tell you how important it is for not just the community in in general to know these things, but for the, the faith communities to understand there are resources available that you should definitely take advantage of. Talk about that a little bit.
2: So the resources really come from not only the local level, but, you know, the state and the federal level as well. And most, uh, I don't want to say all, but I'm going to say most of the resources are free. And I'll I'll give you a prime example. And, Charlie, as you know, uh, uh, what happened at the Sea Temple uh, right after that, um, they needed uh, some extra help as far as site assessments. Do they have the proper lighting? Maybe they need ballots in front of their doors, things like that. And they reached out to the fusion center, and um, when um, they uh, reached out, we were able to uh, provide them with services to uh, supply these needs to them. And some of them were supplied for free.
0: Mitch Ross joining us on the Tri County Contracting Hotline. One of the other things that I, I was just thinking about while you were talking is there's also now a rise in protests related to what happened, the actions in in Israel and and subsequently in Gaza. That's also a drain on law enforcement because now they have to go respond to these things. Are they being? Are these things being discussed in law enforcement circles as to okay? So that's another reality based on something that happened thousands and thousands of miles away across the ocean.
2: Well. So, you know, what's what's interesting about all of these events is that when they take place, it's uh, I, I call it it's multi-jurisdictional because something happens, whether it's a, a state away or a community away or even another country. What happens is, is now there is a focus on what, what could possibly happen locally and is there a threat? And, if, you know, I could go back to like the late 60s, let's say. Uh, when synagogues during the high holidays would have police officers assigned to them. And that's actually what's happening now. The request is huge, and I'm not sure there's the manpower for that. So then we have to go and reach out to maybe private security companies and things like that. But uh, that is what's taking place. And again, it's not just with the Jewish religion. I would say um, religion in general, there, there are always hate groups. Um, or people that are just don't like what it is, uh, that these, uh, the backings of these religions and, and that causes this, uh, for people to, uh, we need to have the officers to protect these facilities, uh, not just the, excuse me, not just the synagogues, but, uh, other places of worship as well.
1: You know, Mitch, I, I'm thinking a lot about, uh, uh, just a lot about the, the, the work that we always used to do together. And it's not unusual for people to reach out to local law enforcement and say, Hey, can, can we talk about crime prevention for my house? But I'm guessing that just about everybody who's, who's listening, just about everybody, I'm not going to speak for the, you know, the world, but, but people are, are part of a faith-based community. What kind of questions do you think those people can go to the, uh, to the, the 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 leadership at their houses of worship and ask what kinds of things because not everybody maybe is is thinking about this what kind, what can people do when they're part of a house of worship? what kind of questions can they ask their leadership?
2: Well, I think first of all they need to get the information and gather the information and they probably need to meet um, get get the leaders to meet and and figure that out and then the questions that the actual uh, parishioners or the community could ask Is um, what are some of the things that that facility is doing uh, in regards to, let's say, suspicious behavior? How are they reporting that? Uh, what kind of security systems are in place? Um, you know, uh, things like that. They could position themselves to um, at least figure out what is needed. Do we need better lighting and all of these different things? How are, what is our alarm system like? How do we protect our doors? How do we, what do we do when people come in that we're not familiar with? You know, the interesting thing about houses of worship, no matter what the religion is, um, is that it's basically open doors, right? These are soft targets and they're open doors. We want people to come into our home, so to speak. Uh, and, and, but how do we address that? And I don't think that's talked about enough. How do, we ta- how do we address people that are coming in that we're not familiar with?
0: Important information. Mitch Ross, security consultant, joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. We'll take a break, Mitch. Think about this during the break. I want you to take your security consultant ha- hat off and just talk about what happened on the ground in Israel Saturday from the perspective of a member of the Jewish community. We'll talk to Mitch about that question after this on WTMJ. Steve with you, Annie Schwartz, regular Wednesday feature. We call it the Law Enforcement Hour, but it's really more than that. Public safety, sometimes some of the big news of the day, locally, nationally, internationally. Mitch, I asked you before the break, as a member of the Jewish community, just, just wanted to get a sense of your thoughts about the events of Saturday.
2: Um, okay, well, so uh, I guess these are uh, maybe personal thoughts, but uh, Steve, Annie, I, I, I think that the, the, if we look locally, I think the the concern, just to address it real quick, locally for religious groups, it, not just the Jewish religion, but religious groups. I think our concern now and our focus needs to be watched, especially over the next month, maybe whatever, a few days, few weeks. Is is spillover? What will what will this bring to us locally? And that's that's where some of the awareness has to come in. Now, if we're thinking globally, if we look at Israel and the systems they have in place and um, what they're really good at, the Israelis are really good at, especially when it comes to hostages and things like that. I will say this: what happened on Saturday is just proof in the pudding that every system is vulnerable. Every system, no matter what we have in place, and it's that's why it's so important for the people that are in place to be very good at what they do and to stay away, uh, stay aware. Um, I will also say that the difference, I think, between the act of what happened on uh, this past Saturday, uh, or any, when it comes to terrorism act, especially on that scale, is that this is it's non-conventional war. It's not conventional war. There, you know, there, there's no rules to this. And that's what makes this extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, you know, and I also would like to say that, you know, it's up to these democratic societies um that we all need to get together and figure out and stay aware and address these systems that are in place and to keep testing them and to make sure that the people and the right people are in place for them you know when we look at the groups we're talking about hamas and uh isis but we can't rule out Uh, hezbollah as well because um these are specific hate groups and they really need to be focused and addressed and and to use a stronger language they need to be expired
0: mitch ross joining a security consultant and a member of the jewish community so i, I guess we only got a couple of minutes mitch but i my, my sense is that this story that you are are telling us about the security and the need of, of hyper awareness on behalf of faith communities is something that it's, it shouldn't just be a on occasion basis it should be all the time there should always be that concern because i think it just makes you safer in general not not just from you know, terrorist threats, but threats against your building, threats against your people and, and all the security issues that, that are wrapped around in that. Uh, so uh, the, the the good news is that there are people like you, and I think law enforcement's paying attention, that are actually saying, you know what, there are things we can do proactively to maybe push back against some of this stuff. That's the value to me.
2: Correct. The, Steve, the, the simplest thing we can do, and I, I'll, I'll throw out a number here, it, uh, the number is about 50%, maybe 52% of Americans still to this day know about See Something, Say Something. It's a simple poster. It's a simple phone number. It's a place to call, and it's through Homeland Security, and it's through your local law enforcement. And, and the people that answer these phones, uh, you can even put it on your on your cell phone. You could put an app on your cell phone and report. It's, it's really about that. It's, uh, you know, it's... A, those are the simple steps that put us in the right direction. And, and when we say it's 50 or 52 percent of Americans, some people will say, well, that's a big number. I'm here to tell you that that's a very small number. And, and that's where this starts. We need to be able to have places to go to report, and we need the people in place to investigate. And that's really a way of staying ahead of the game. And when we talk about the public-private sector and houses of worship, I think we need to stay focused on that. And it does need to be a conversation that's talked about, whether it's weekly or monthly, and not just when something terrible happens across the globe.
1: You know, Mitch, one of the things that I'm thinking about is we have been saying, see something, say something since 9-11. But I don't know that we really do a good job of telling people what the something is. What are the things, you know, and, and that to me, is the is the something I like? What you said before when you talked about houses of worship, and we said, you know, who is someone that's you know that 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 you don't recognize that's that's coming to you know to services? How do we make that approach? Are there other somethings that we should be should we 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 should be thinking about when we're doing this kind of vigilance in our own faith community?
2: Yeah. So Annie, uh, um, again, uh, the simple forms of the something. Uh, they call it, there, there's two schools of thought, and they're both good. They call it either like the seven signs or the eight signs of terrorism. And and to be honest, you could just Google that and, and you'll get them. But we talk about what do we look for when people are doing like surveillance or information gathering or testing. You know, they may test uh, our facilities or our houses of worship or what is some suspicious behavior. Now, these signs, these seven or eight signs, may be different for each one of us. What you think is is strange may not be so strange to me. And what's very interesting about all of these signs, you know, the simple thing of somebody coming and maybe taking photographs of my facilities, let's say. But the simple thing is, is when does it cross the line where it's either illegal or something bad is gonna happen? Because many of these signs, our legal processes of what we can do. And so that's what makes it extremely hard. But if you know at least the signs to look for, and then you figure out, well, did they cross the line? Did the people or the person cross the line at what they were doing? That's the time that we need to report it.
0: And I would just add, let law enforcement, public safety, let them make the call. If it's, if it's something real, they will investigate it. If it's not, they'll tell you, we, we checked it out, everything's fine. Let them make that okay. that ultimate decision because you, you you probably average Joe, average Jane, don't have the expertise to understand what might be serious and what what might not be.
2: Correct, Steve. And this is what I used to always tell people when I would do you know go out and speak in regards to this, uh, whether it's an active shooter uh, or or suspicious people or suspicious uh, uh, products uh, that you come across. Um, Let law enforcement decide. Make the call. Even if it turns out to be a big nothing, in many cases, and maybe law enforcement might not like this, but in many cases, it'll be good practice for whatever the situation is.
0: I love Um, that point, Mitch. Love that.
2: You know, uh, because we're not, we don't know. We don't know what the product is. We don't know what suspicious is. But if it didn't seem right to you, it's it's a phone call or it's using an app on a phone and and that's the simple fact.
0: Mitch Ross security consultant, a pleasure to talk
2: to you. Let's uh, let's do it again down the line.
1: And thank you Mitch. Anytime. Thank you for your Thanks service to you. the Thanks city of Milwaukee. Danny.